It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Counterculture. So glad you're listening and uh, tuning in to, uh, to radio here or tuning in on our podcast. Thank you so much. We've been so encouraged by what, what's been happening with the show, the feedback that we've been getting. The, I just love it because I get to talk with just such amazing people. So, you know, I'm just some schmo, grew up in L.A., came to Phoenix, and, and now I get to, like, be on radio and get to talk with people, and that's kind of my thing. And so I love it. But this isn't just conversations with anybody. We get to talk with people who are stepping into the world with the attitude of Christ of, I'm a peacemaker. I am a bridge builder. Because if you want to be countercultural, try you're, you're going to – if you want to be countercultural, you're going to be, be, be a peacemaker. Because about because in our our world is so divided, we need to find those people who are stepping into the gap and building bridges between different groups, building bridges between groups that are hostile to each other, and following the way. You know, not just throwing stones, but uh, having conversations and not owning the the people. You know, shaming the people we disagree with and sh- with our superior arguments, but finding ways of of dialogue and, and conversation and ultimately even even friendship. And so uh, so today we have in studio Jackie Parks with Mission One. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Oh, so glad you could join us. Jackie is the coordinator of strategic projects for Mission One. She is originally from Maryland, and she there's some other state near there that she refuses to mention. So <laughs> I'll have to do, I should do better background checks to find out where you know what she was involved in. Was it anything to do with the circus or military? I uh, plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I'm, I really definitely need to improve my background checks. <laughs> so, so Jackie also ha- has, has been married for 15 years to lovely Jay, his, her husband, and they are, she's a mother of three. She's also done some amazing work, uh, uh, had, has, has, including living overseas in North Africa, and she'll get to tell us about that. So we're really excited to have you in studio, Jackie. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So it's very cool. And so so first off, before we get into kind of a little bit of your background in you, we play this game called Fake News. Okay. You ready for fake news? I'm ready. Okay. So just for you, those of you just tuning in, fake news, we um, we choose – We uh, Jackie shares two things about herself, one of which is true, one is not. And I try to guess which one is fake. And so she can't go in any order. So, Jackie, ready, go. Okay. Um, the first one is that I am one of 10 kids. One of 10 kids. Okay. It's a big family. Um, the second is that I tap dance proficiently. Okay. So, neither, see, so I don't know Jackie well, We've, but I'm going to guess – that she is from a large family and the tap dancing is fake news. You're wrong. Oh! <laughs> Rats. I I am known uh, for my tap dancing really? with my friends and family. Yes. Really? There was some <laughs> smirk in her face when she said tap dancing that I thought, she's pulling one over on me, but that's good. No, good. So 
I so, thought that was a good, a good real news. At, for some reason, you also strike me as someone who could be in a big family. I'm not no, sure what that is. I Do you know. have? Are you nine kids? No, I mean I'm the oldest of five kids. Oldest so, of five. Yeah, that's on the larger so, side. Yeah. So I get it, kind of the big family thing. But I tens tens a crazy number. Yeah. So, That's a a Deca kid. Yeah. Deca kids. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine you. <laughs> any of you. System. Any of you that have ten kids, you uh, you get my my blessing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think there's a sale at Costco. Oh my goodness! Know, uh, I can't imagine. Yeah. So okay. Wow. So yeah, Jackie. Already, I've been humbled, and I appreciate the humility. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I was on like a, a, a streak of like four in a row. Yeah. And I have probably a 60, 70 percent success okay. rate, but I'm getting, getting, getting get under fifty. Yeah, I'm deflating I your head. Up. Just I a know, I need bit. it. I need it. Big time podcast guy. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Who am I? I'm just. I kid. I kid. So let's let's ask. So for yeah. you know, North Africa. Yeah. Not too many people in Phoenix say, "Hey, let's go and live in North Africa." Yeah, it was quite an adventure. So my husband and I moved there in 2010 to 2010. start a rock climbing business. Rock climbing. Yeah. So my husband's in the outdoor industry. Okay. And um, there weren't a lot of people living in Morocco. Not rock making. No, rock, rock climbing. Thro- no, yeah. rock climbing. Rock climbing, harnesses, ropes, okay. the whole nine yards. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we moved there with our best friends from college. Okay. At that point, I had a two-and-a-half-year-old and a 10-month-old. Um, I almost spit out my water. So, um, you know, back then, back then, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. ago. <laughs> back you feel in the like day, back in the day. Just a little one. Yeah. I mean, I felt like when I look back at pictures, I think, man, who who are those children, first of all? Yeah. Um, someone let them get married as children and someone let them take – as children, take children to, um, to North Africa. Uh, so – but at that point, you know, you think you're invincible and right. you think you can do anything. And so we just saw it as this grand adventure and we were excited to see how the Lord is going to um, open up doors for us to live there and live out our faith there. And mm. um, and yeah, so my husband started a rock climbing business. Feels and- very millennial. Are you a millennial? <laughs> um, you know, I think I'm at the older – I'm 82. So 82. So yeah. an older millennial. So an okay. older millennial. I don't know if yeah. it was so much – um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of transient lifestyle um, when I was at that stage. I think yeah. we were just young and naive, and just wanted to, yeah, yeah. And I think we, um, I grew up in the same place. I went to the same school my whole life. I went to Christian school for thirteen years. Right. Say I'm like seventh generation in my family. My husband is also. We met in high school. Or, yeah. So we kind of grew up together, and we grew up in the same place. And so um, it wasn't like this was in our blood necessarily. Right, right. We just knew, you know. I think the Lord is calling us to sure, sure. to you know shape our family in this mm-hmm. way and to live out our faith with Jay doing rock climbing, and um, I was going to raise our kids. Walking, in, walking the, walking in the old city. <laughs> so, yeah. So what what was that like grow, raising children in North Africa? Yeah. This I, is not like. Yeah. No, it's um, you know, I look back and I see it as a an immense privilege that I got to do that. Yeah. Um, not just for the way that it formed me as a peacemaker, but I think also for the way that it has. I've continued to see the way it formed, even the, from a young age, it formed my kids mm-hmm. to be peacemakers, um, people that were 
you know, living in that the first year that we lived there, we lived in the walled city um, where we didn't have a car. I had to walk. I mean, I walked everywhere. We rarely left the walls of the city. So there was where where was Target? Yeah, <laughs> there was not Target. There's no Target. There's no Target. What? Um, I and you know we're learning Arabic. I'm trying to learn how to shop for groceries and all of those types of things. And what's it, the word for diaper in Arabic? Oh, or, oh, that's such a good question. It's been a lot of years. Yeah, it's been a lot of ten years. Okay, I, I apologize. It's been a couple of years yeah. since we lived there. But um, mm. anyway, so you know, I think uh, it formed us in such a such a a unique way that we are uh, our curiosity was stirred mm-hmm. um, in a way that you know I think as as white wealthy Americans we we can get in our minds that we do everything the right way mm-hmm. and everyone should just conform to the way that we yes. do life yep um, and so to throw a 27-year-old in the middle of a place where she doesn't speak the language and I can't – I can barely get around was incredibly right. um, humbling and it allowed me to see people with different eyes because of that. Mm. So that's – I mean it's two uh, – you know, young parents with young children yeah. alone, even in America – it's a stressful situation. Yeah. But you, how – so what was your support mechanism while you were there? Oh, that's a good question. So we had our friends that we were with right. and we – there were some other expats, some Canadians, some Americans. Sure. Um, but you know, it really forced us um, to to build community with our neighbors. Um, right. And I, I often said the biggest barrier – was our own front door. Mm. So um, as long as I could leave my front door, then I knew that I was going to get to see the Lord at work. I was also going to build relationships with my neighbors. Mm. I was going to get the opportunity to, um, yeah, you know, in those types of collective cultures, um, once you're once you're in, you're in. And so they have this word called bint. Um, that's the word for daughter. And okay. so they would say, once you're in, they would say, Oh, you're bint na. You're our oh, you're our daughter. Oh, what a feeling. And so um so, so you know, that that took me though, I had to leave my door. I had to talk with people. I had my mm. local butcher and my local fruit stand guy right. and um and I just made a point, you know, every Monday we we did our circle of of going to each little market, each little stand. And throughout, we were there for five years. So just five years of consistently leaving my house with my kids and building those relationships and stirring conversations. Mm. Um, I never felt lonely, to be honest. Yeah. Because you're in a collective culture. So you use that term collective culture. And that's as opposed to an individualistic culture. Yeah. So a culture where – where it's really about about me, about what I need, about what my family needs, really. Um, so a more collective culture would would have, I would say, the eyes to see their whole neighborhood as one. What's best for the whole? What's best right. for our whole neighborhood, as opposed to just what's best for me or my family? That's that's a huge like understanding of the world that's a lot of – I mean we, because we maybe if we've never stepped out of America yeah. or we've only understood things a certain way, we think of, oh, that's socialism or mm. it's tr- a tribe or yeah. something like that. But you're actually talking about the way you view the world regardless of any political system. Yeah, totally. Just, just here in my little town or my little village yeah. is you think differently that, that my neighbor is also – my identities are lapped up with them too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And we think 
um, you know, I think when uh, when I think about peacemaking and when I think about what how I learned that from living overseas, it's almost by osmosis where I didn't know it was happening. Um, but I think as a Jesus follower, um, that the spirit that that illuminates curiosity in us that has to be present in order to live mm. in a community with people and in order to be formed through relationships with people that are different from me and to not go into a community and say, oh, I I need you to, to look, think, believe, act, all of these things in order for me to be comfortable, but to kind of put myself to the side, deny myself, so right. to speak. Sounds familiar. Yeah. In order to say, okay, Jesus, what is, where is beauty in this culture? Where's beauty in this, in, right. the, in my neighbors, in this group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can I learn mm. from them? How can I be changed by living in relationship and community wow. with them? I think one of the greatest things that we don't do regularly in our in our American culture is live abroad for a period of mm. time. And you got a, you went in deep and yeah. you went in a very different culture and spent raised children in it. And I know in my experience, living overseas has just been so eye opening and to learn to appreciate just the way people look at the world mm. that maybe maybe I don't see things clearly. Yeah. Maybe I have a lot of ways to grow and I, I feel going as a learner mm. not just as someone to change the world, you know, but really I need to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know. It is that posture, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a posture shift from I have something to teach someone and the shift of, oh, no, I have a lot I need to learn. Right, right. Because clearly our culture is kind of messed up too, right? Yeah, like, exactly. We're all kind of messed up. And yeah. so we can learn the best practices from yeah. all kinds of – and when you spend five years, you probably thought saw things that weren't great too, oh, I'm sure, course. in North Africa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, there were times um, – that I would walk down the street and I would be able to point out some things, sure. right? But, yeah. um, but I would say I it definitely, well, I'd say it more than balanced itself out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the overwhelmingly good. Yeah, yeah the same, yes. fantastic. So if you're just tuning in, you're, lis- you're t- listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have in studio Jackie Parks, and she's sharing a little bit about her background and and and, and some years uh, living overseas and what that's taught her. So now you have a role with Mission One, the Coordinator of Strategic Projects. That sounds that's a pretty darn good title. It's I'm really pretty fancy. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Okay. About as big a deal as you are with the podcast. Yeah. Right yeah. So, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get don't get arrogant. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you're not even most okay. <laughs> um, but you work with the global church. Tell me a little bit about Mission One. Yeah, so Mission One was started um, about 30 years ago um, with the intention of partnering with the global church okay. to have a a reciprocal type relationship where we are we are learning from them. We're also contributing to what um, what is happening in their communities. It's it's a it's a reciprocal type partnership organization where we have uh, leaders that are from those communities, indigenous leaders around the world, and we um, and they're they're doing community development projects. They're doing mm-hmm. church planting. Um, they're doing evangelism, and we have just had the opportunity um, through Mission One to to learn about what the Lord is doing around the world, what his heart is for the world and how um, we can participate through Mm. our partners in what he is doing around the world. So how does that look? You just have like, you just 
are you visiting all these different churches? Or are you sending them money? Or what is it? Tell me what that looks like. Yeah, practically speaking. So um, there's a couple of different, uh, diff- different people on the team, and I work uh, specifically with North Africa and the okay. Middle East. So we have our partners there. We both um, we send money. So there's different churches around the country that partner mm-hmm. with Mission One to help uh, send funds that'll help fund um, church planting activities that our partners are doing church planting, I mean, um, sorry, relief and development work mm-hmm. that they're doing in their communities. Um, we we say Mission One exists to partner with the global church to make their communities more like the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So we want to see flourishing happening all over the world through the global church, um, through evangelism, church planting, relief and development work, um, and seeing all people with dignity and honor. I love that. And I used the word a couple times reciprocal. Yeah. Um, and that implies equality. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes the relationship when we think of, oh, we're a wealthy, successful mm-hmm. church in America. There are portraits. They need, they need, the, they need a, a Sunday school classroom. We can send them money. We can send them a team to build it for them. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, our, our, we need yeah. our pastor will train them. Yeah. And, but they won't train us. Right. And that's, um, that's really the difference with Mission One. Um, because of the deep level relationships that we have with our leaders, there is a, a reciprocity, a reciprocal type partnership where we are able to put our Americanness yes. <laughs> to the side, right. so to speak, um, to come to the table, to have, um, to have deep level relationship and conversations about um, learning from them, learning about their communities, not just um, overlaying our formulaic right. ways of <laughs> doing ministry, of doing right. community development. But over the years, it, it has really blossomed into this beautiful organization because of the idea of listening, of learning, mm. of spending a lot of time in conversations, of visiting um, – and really just spending a lot of time asking questions is what we do a lot. For my, for my role, it's a lot of asking questions. What, what are you doing? How is that working? Where are you seeing the Lord work? How, tell me more about that, that, uh, that, that culture and the people and how, what does the gospel mean to mm-hmm. them in their culture, in their time, um, in their day? And, yeah, how how is Jesus speaking to them? And kind of putting aside my own um, I, biases is a weird word, but right. I think I grew up in a very uh, in a very foundational in a good denomination, but it yeah. it left a lot of pieces of the gospel sure. and of proclamation out of right. mission out. And so sometimes when I hear the work that they're doing and the way that the Lord is working it. Yeah. It makes me stand still for a second and I have right. to put it I have to end up putting it through this filter of like sure. oh, do I do I think that still happens in the world, you know, right. because of my my American formulaic ways and it's it's forced me in a really beautiful way to have open hands honestly mm-hmm. to what what the Lord is doing and um and yeah, it's given me hope. Which is huge. And I think that's something that we realize when we're reciprocals that we need to hear their voices. Yeah. We need to learn. And there's just some ways in their faith. And they, I mean, I've seen so many and we all – we give hundreds of examples. Like yep. went to a, a baptism in Siberia 
And the guy said, Jesus said, repent to be baptized. I need to be baptized. There's no water. So they went and cut a hole in the ice and they got baptized. It's sort of like you obey what Jesus says. And I'm sure you've seen that kind of strong obedience. And oftentimes maybe we don't necessarily, you know, we obey certain things, but not the uncomfortable things sometimes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I think especially of, we have one partner in particular um, that I get the opportunity to work with on a regular basis. And, you know, sometimes um, when I was growing up and I, I was growing up in my, in my kind of bubble, so mm-hmm. to speak, and I thought about the global church, it always felt like something that was happening like out there mm-hmm. that was un, I, not necessarily un, well, maybe unattainable is the best yes. way. It was just other. Right. Right. It was, it was superhuman or superhuman yeah. and these stories of what was going on and it right. just felt unrelatable. Yeah. Um, and I think of so much of what our partners do is what I would love to see happen here mm-hmm. in our communities. Um, and I think that's been the most encouraging thing working with the global church is to, to see the Lord work and to be able to pray for that here, to see the way that they are living out, following Jesus as peacemakers and seeing like the, the fruit that has come yes. from it. The, I was talking to someone yesterday and explaining, um, they were asking me, how do you, how do you see what's happening in the world and still have hope? How do you see the mm. devastation? How do you work in these places where there has been civil war and destruction right. how do you continue to live with hope and i said honestly it, i i get to see the lord work just like a, a flower would go th- grow through concrete yeah and this person said that is impossible that would never happen and i said no it happens that's a that's exactly what i get to see on a day-to-day basis through our partners mm. and then i get to i get to live in that and see how God is working here mm-hmm. and I get to learn from them and I get to be discipled by them, yes. by discipled by their hope and by their mm-hmm. stories and by their faith. And to think it's not so far, oh, it's not so far mm-hmm. away. It's, it's what the Lord wants to do here as much as he's doing it around the world. Most of the time, I think, I would guess the, uh, most of our listeners, include, and, I, and I'm very prone to this myself, we see the world through our political yeah. Or just for what the news shares about this that certain parts of the world. Yeah. We don't necessarily say what we don't but we have to, have to ask questions. What is God doing yeah. behind behind whatever the president says, behind their system of government? Yeah. God is still doing amazing things in in these places. And I think it helps us to think differently. Oh yeah. And I think we um you know, we often it's easier to get new but news bites. Yes. <laughs> It's easier it uh it confirms our biases <laughs> I should say to to continue to hear the voices that are just regurgitating whatever right. whatever they think but but working with the global church has given me this opportunity to see flowers go, growing through the concrete so to speak. So one final lesson. What is something that you've learned about peacemaking from your partners? Maybe give me an example. Yeah, um you know, I I think um, even in this political time, we we wonder. I I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, but I struggle with uh, what is 
what is God calling me to in my community? Right. What is what kind of role could I play in my community? And mm. I have we have one partner in particular that's living in a particularly hard place where that struggled with civil war for years, and his faithfulness day in and day out to love his neighbor, to to care for those in need, to to do um, to bring relief and hope um, right. has led to influence. That he's get he's been able to be the peacemaker in government conversation in wow. high level government conversations and again that that's not where our hope lies. Right. I just say that as um, as a person for him that has worked faithfully in his community as a peacemaker, bringing mm. people together for years and and that that witness of the gospel has led to influence um, to, that has influenced whole countries. That's amazing. How can our listeners connect to Mission One? Um, you can go to missionone.org. Mission, the, the number Sorry, one? Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, mission, the number one.org. Mission one. Um, you can org. also follow Partner with Mission One on Instagram. Okay. We're also on Facebook at Mission One. Great. And so they can learn about what you're doing. Yeah. And what would you just, and learn what it means to live out our faith around the world. There's Christians in every country in the world there who are. are living out their faith, and we need to learn from them. We do. We yeah. do, not just from our own usual. So exactly. thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate what you have to share. Yeah. And Thanks I think it was a real me. encouragement to a lot of us out there, everyone out there. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal. Helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.